You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you so much. We were so blessed and so privileged to go to uh, the Czech Republic and to the country of Austria in November. And thank you, first of all, to all of you ladies who collected teacups and brought them in all year long. How many of you donated teacups? There was tons. There was, what, 60 or 70 sets of teacups and saucers. And we are going to play a slideshow because it takes so long. We want to share. So we're going to let the slides run while we talk. Um, That first slide, I want you to, those were the ladies that came and packed those teacups up here. And this is the Prague Airport. I want you to just notice a couple of slides as they go through that are really important. Um, The Prague Airport. And then notice the broken box. Notice that pretty broken box with the fragile stickers all over it. I want you to notice the speed the light van that we're going to be getting into. And then the transition, uh, when we get to the picture with the luggage, that's a transition to Vienna. Everything before that is in Prague. So I don't know if you know all the ladies. Vivian Ramirez is relatively new to our church. She became a member at the end of last year. And she is such a blessing and just so anointed and used of God. And I'm so grateful that she's with us. Marilyn Knight, you know, because she's been here. And she has got such a tender heart and uh, was such a blessing to be with. Diana Garcia, you know Diana. She's the team maven. And so this project was absolutely fit for her gifts and abilities. And I want to let you know that we received the highest compliment that a missionary can pay. That was my phone. It's okay. A highest compliment a missionary can pay at the end of the trip, she said, I would take the four of you anywhere in the world with me. These women, um, they, they were, their attitudes were awesome. They put up with sickness, cold weather, discomfort, unfamiliar food, unpredictable schedules, long flights of stairs, um, endless stairs, lack of sleep, and yet their consistent answer to everything was an enthusiastic yes. So I want you to just um, enjoy what we have to say. The reason I have my phone up here is we have to go rather quickly. So um, I'm just going to kind of let, I'm gonna, Vivian, would you share? Um, she's going to, what, what were your thoughts and what, what was the, one of your major thoughts, major impressions of the trip? Well, um, our yeah. prayer walks, we did uh, four of them. The first one we did was in Prague, and the other three were uh, in Vienna. And as I was putting all this together, the Lord would just give me the words, because I thought, oh my gosh, there was so much that we did, but how do you put it in, into words? And, and I, I, I know that when we aborted the plane in Los Angeles, the Lord was already with us. And when we landed in Prague, that's when it truly began to see we are in, in another country. And uh, when we boarded, when going home, the entire trip, it was just beautiful to see how God was just using us and coming together. And I don't really know these women, but at the end of the trip, I got to know them. We, we really bonded, and it was so beautiful to see. So our prayer team, uh, we prayed with God's spirit, with God's word, with the purpose to intercede for the people of Prague and Vienna. Our first walk, like I said, was at Hart Prague, the Czech Republic. Um, It was located in a quaint neighborhood. 
um, adjacent also to a university dorm. So we split up, uh, two went one way and the other two um, on a Sunday morning and we went through the neighborhood. Uh, we went um, and prayed for the students that the Lord would draw them into the church. Uh, we paid for, like I said, the families. Uh, the, the country is a post-30-year communist. So we prayed for God's spirit would draw them. Um, that they, the church would be a, a beacon, a lighthouse mm -hmm. for those people. Um, after that, we, uh, and our church was just, non just constantly moving. Uh, we arrived in Vienna the afternoon and we uh, did a pre-party gathering for the Inspire Women's Conference. And we met Amy with Amy. She was uh, part of the church in uh, Vienna, and the Lord just put us all together, uh, met her, and uh, she worked for um, the United Nations, and that was one of our prayer walks uh, that we, we, we didn't even imagine we were going to do that, right, ladies? And, and so it was such a blessing to be there to pray for the country, our nation, for the people, um, our second, uh, that was our, excuse me, that was our, um, our second prayer walk. Our first prayer walk, I'm getting ahead of myself, we went to the Austria Center. And um, it was such a blessing there, too, we, together that we were actually not supposed to be able to get into the center. but It's a convention center, like the Staples Center. So right. imagine the Staples Center. Exactly. And so Amy said, you're probably not going to get in there. The venue is there cleaning up, and, and uh, no, nothing's going on. But you know, the Lord made it a way that uh, nobody saw us. We were actually uh, invisible. <laughs> It was so awesome to see. Right yes. And that's Amy in the middle. Such a blessing, yes, because uh, we walked through that whole uh, venue, through the chairs. Uh, uh, people were in there packing up. They were looking at us, but not really, like, telling us, what are you doing here? We were just continuing to pray. And as we were praying, the Lord was giving us visions, uh, words, uh, uh, in, um, illuminate um, someone, uh, Cheryl, uh, the Lord gave her uh, a vision of angels all four corners of the center, uh, God's protection, and knowing that, you know, he's there and he's going to make a difference in those women's lives. Um, and our last prayer walks was, uh, which was really important as well, was uh, St. Stephen's Cathedral uh, at St uh, Stephenplatz. It is in the heart and center of Vienna. And so uh, it is a beautiful Romanesque, Gothic, and Baroque, Baroque cathedral. It's breathtaking, but there's are no services. It's a museum that only houses dry bones and relics. But as we were walking around, all of us, we prayed that there would be a spiritual awakening, that those dry bones would come to life. And the Lord reminded me of that, those, that verse in Ezekiel 37, how he is going to bring the city and that he brought us, us ladies, to specifically walk in these areas because, because those people need Jesus. So it was such a blessing to see that God used us for his, his mighty kingdom. Amen. So, Marilyn, this was really out of your, out of your uh, realm of comfort. What was uh, something that really impressed you? you? We went, we sponsored a prayer room. That's the prayer room. Uh, the conference, I don't know what you're going to say, so I don't want to step on your stuff. But go ahead and share with us about the prayer room and what we did there. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. Um, right up by your mouth, Kelsey. Okay. Um, up by your mouth. Um, 
the prayer room, when we first got to the Austrian center, um, we went, got there to check out the prayer room. We hadn't seen it yet. And we, it was kind of a, I don't know, would you say a medium-sized room? And, but nothing in it. I mean, nothing. And so we went to um, Marla, uh, who she's kind of a take-charge personality. And she uh, went around and asked for things. And before you know it, we had three sofas and three uh, coffee tables, chairs, other tables. And, and um, we just, and then uh, the team from Texas um, had some leftover knickknacks and things. Wow. So we, uh, and it was full, these two boxes were full of uh, cloth and, uh, which we used as tablecloths and um, that had flowers and vases and uh, lanterns, um, just all kinds of stuff that we decorated the room with to made it, make it look kind of cozy and comfortable so that when the ladies came in for prayer that they would feel comfortable. Um, and then we also, un we also un excuse me, <laughs> unpacked boxes and boxes of Bibles they came in all kinds of languages. Of course, some uh, were missing, um, and especially the one in German, <laughs> the one that we really needed, yeah. but that's okay. Um, anyway, and um, the you, women that came into that prayer room uh, had, um, they came from various um, cultures and and uh, professions, and and they um, they had a lot of a lot of needs. They had they came in for prayer with financial needs, and some of them were homeless. Um, they came from abusive relationships. Some were sick and dying. Um, the ladies, like I said, were from various cultures, and I prayed with several women. Um, we we did our prayers in, in, uh, in shifts. So um, I prayed with several ladies, but there were a couple um, that touched my heart. One in particular, I'm going to call her Sof Sophia. Um, she really touched my heart. I mean, they all did, and I remember them mm -hmm. well. But this one lady, Sophia, she was a Buddhist, and um, she spoke, uh, other than just English, she spoke uh, German and Chinese. And uh, she came in there for prayer. And we talked. And she had stage four cancer of the pancreas. And when I asked her if she wanted to pray, um, she explained to me that um, the Buddhists only pray in their temple and can't pray anywhere else. And I explained to her that um, my Jesus, he, he will listen to your prayers anywhere. Mm -hmm. Even if they're said quietly, you know, in silence, or if you choose to say them aloud, yeah. he hears you and he will, he's more than happy to listen to your prayers. And your, anything that's on your heart. And um, so we talked and we prayed. And 
um, she accepted Christ. And I, I was just, it just touched my heart. We had to send her her Bible um, by mail because uh, her husband, her husband being Buddhist still, um, she didn't want to alarm him. <laughs> um, so um, we sent her her German Bible later. Um, and I, she was just one of the very of the many many we prayed, and that there was somebody always in the prayer room during the during the entire conference, and that was what we were there for. This was the third conference, but the first year that they had a prayer room. So Life Center Church established a very high bar, and we were so pleased and so honored to be there with her and to be with available for those women that needed the prayer. Yeah. So Diana, I think you're going to share with us a little bit about what we did in Prague and teacups. Typecasting. That's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, several of you raised your hands when Cheryl asked if you had donated a teacup. Can I see that again? <laughs> Thank you so much. When we got to the airport in Prague and the luggage was unloading and we were with Marla Campbell and Victoria Grosvenor, Grosner, no. Grosner, uh -huh. something like that. Anyway, um, the luggage came down and the box, and we just looked at it, and we were silent. We didn't know what we were looking at except a crushed box. And I'm thinking with, all with those women. With 54 sets of teacups and yeah. saucers in it, a crushed box. It was crushed. Open I, on the side. I was crushed. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what do we tell the ladies back home? said, okay, Lord, it's up to you. Next day, we were picked up in a Speed the Light van. First time I got into a Speed the Light van that wasn't held together by a rope and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and they drove us to Heart Prague, which is the church in, uh, in Prague. And it, everything was already laid out, including all of the teacups, not one broken not one crushed, beautifully laid out. And the women were amazed that they got to keep these. They got to take these home. This was for them. And we were telling them, this is the way that God sees you. Beautiful. Let him fill you up mm -hmm. with his love. It was um, an eye-opener for me. I got to see and meet missionaries more than just in the lobby, shake your hand, I'll pray for you, let me have one of your cards. No, it was real, and um, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. So thank you for your prayers, Cheryl. Thank you for your awesome, <laughs> awesome leadership. We would not have been able to do it without you. Well, thank you. It, you know, it was, uh, we need to fill in the blanks a little bit. Thank you, Diana. But... Marla Campbell is our missionary to, is one of the missionaries to Europe. And her portfolio is kind of being a missionary to, uh, to the missionary. She's a care support missionary. She had actually been in Prague a week before we arrived. And she had been doing um, a leadership seminar with the whole team. That's the whole team right there. And so she had already laid the groundwork, but she had she'd told us that when we got there, uh, when she got there, the team was a little discouraged. They had been fight. They, it's a miracle that they purchased this property. It's a miracle because churches do not own their own property in, in, in uh, Czech Republic. 
And so they'd been, it was a miracle how everything was provided and it was remodeled. And then their upstairs neighbors started complaining about the noise from their services on Sunday morning. And so they, they just called out and they said, pray, pray, because one complaint can stop the purchase process. It takes about a year to purchase property. One complaint can derail the whole process. And so we, we were praying even before we got there because we knew about it. So many things happened, but the end result is there is an, an attorney that attends this church, and he just felt led, he works with the, with the staff, and he felt led of the Lord to go talk to the tenant upstairs. He says, what is the problem? Because they'd done all kinds of mechan engineering testing, I don't know the, the proper term, but they were not exceeding uh, the acceptable decibel level of leakage through the, through the ceiling. And so the attorney just went in wisdom and, and in the grace of the, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, what is really the problem? And the guy said, well, I like to go out on Saturday night, and I stay out late, and I like to sleep in on Sunday morning. And the attorney said to him very gently and respectfully, well, if we don't prevent you from going out on Saturday night and staying out as late as you want, we are owners as well. Why should you prevent us from having a church service on Sunday morning? And the man thought about it, and he said, hmm, you're right. After that, not a word. Um, actually, they, the, they and not a word more from him, and their process for, um, they, they got their approval, like, months ahead of time. So they are free and clear. They own that building. In the meantime, so they... They had purchased this property their first Sunday at this in the coffee house. Uh, so it's a coffee house during the weekdays and a church on the weekends. The first Sunday was Easter Sunday. They grew so quickly that by May they had to add a second service. And then they got this complaint from up, up above, and so they said, well, to keep the peace and to protect the purchase process, we're going to go back to the building that we were renting for our church services uh, downtown. It was kind of a defeat because here they'd come from that. Now they had their own place. Except that when they went back to the uh, place where they originally met, the, the place was so packed and kind of like here. When the two services get together, you're surprised at how many people go to your church. And it was such um, uh, a, an ignition of excitement and, uh, and realization of how the church was growing that it, it just fed and they, they continued to grow. And also, it's kind of a wink that where they meet is the former headquarters for the Communist Party. And so what was once a place where there was nothing but hopelessness, there is now nothing but hope. Um, I want to let you know some of the reports from the Inspire uh, Vienna Conference. This is a conference for women. It is nationwide. And um, here are some of the reports. And... Melinda Henderson is the missionary who dreamt up the Inspire Conference. And because of Austria's location, they draw women from all over Europe. Here are some, a few reports. From Elizabeth, who lives in Brea, California, who is connected to Delia in Vienna, to Marla, our missionary, via text. She said, thank you for praying for Delia's headache. She came into our prayer room with a migraine, she was obviously in pain. She asked if she could lay on a couch and rest. We said, of course. Thank you for praying for Delia's headache. She has suffered many years with migraines. And after you, this is my note, and our team prayed in the prayer room, prayed for her. The headache was gone, and she enjoyed the rest of the conference. 
Today she returned to Germany well and excited about how good she is doing. Another report, my colleague from Japan accepted Jesus. I invited my friend who is Catholic. The second day when we spoke of inner wounds being healed, she stood and walked to the altar without even waiting for me. My Muslim friend came. I know this was another step in her coming to know Jesus. My friend who came from Switzerland was delivered from severe depression. A mom and daughter came to the prayer room and received the very first Bible. A lady was healed of pain during the first worship service. I prayed with a young Filipino girl who accepted Jesus. A girl who came to inspire as a professing Buddhist left as a professing Christian. Our God is amazing. And from the missionary Melinda Henderson, girls that accepted Jesus for the first time are being discipled today all across Europe because they received their very first Bible. They're opening it for the first time and learning how to read it for themselves. This next testimony is just, it, it wraps up the whole trip. We knew from the time that we opened that crushed box and the teacups were perfect, God was with us. This just put a, a seal on it at the end. And I have to read it because it goes all over. Marla was at the altar praying over ladies when Jen, a missionary from Italy, asked her to help her pray for an African woman she had brought with her from Rome. They prayed fervently for a long time, and they both, missionary women, felt a weight lift at the same moment. The woman's countenance changed. She began weeping joyfully, and with hands raised, releasing everything to Jesus. She was radiant. Marla thought she recognized her, but it wasn't until later that Jen told her the young woman was the Sudanese lady that Jocelyn, a pastor's daughter from Brea, ministered to at a tea in Rome a couple of years ago. Um, so this is how God worked. He brought Jocelyn from Brea to Rome to minister to a woman from Sudan. Jen brought the Sudanese woman from Italy to Austria to attend Spire, Inspire Conference and be prayed for by Marla from the USA, who was a close friend with Jocelyn from Brea. The seed was planted in Italy, was reaped in Austria by someone who knew Jocelyn from the USA and was able to relay the victory of the harvest. When you question God's perfect design, when you question if God it can, it, when you question his power, that is how God deals with time, distance, and impossibilities. And just really briefly, there, there are three reasons we go to, to missions. One is to do the work. We go to support the missionaries, to do whatever they ask us to do. No matter what it is, our answer is yes, of course. We do it to um, encourage the missionaries. They are out there, they are, often they feel isolated and alone. Two of the missionary families I met last year deal, have autistic children in their family. And there are no support services for things like that overseas. They deal with that alone while spreading the gospel. Um, and so we need to really remember them, and they're real people. They're real people who deal with real problems, not just the people that you see up here on stage. Thirdly, we do it because of what it does within us. Directly because of a, a result from us going, women around from this church have started doing prayer walks around their neighborhoods, around the schools, around the civic center. It does something in you when you are dumped in a country that you do not know the language, you do not know the money, you do not know how to get around. 
All you know is that you're here because God sent you, and you're going to be faithful to do what he asks you to do while you're there. There's something about that vulnerability that opens you up to a different dimension of the Spirit. So we do it for those three reasons. So that is why we pray, that is why we give, and that is why we go. It's not either or, local or foreign missions. It is both and. It is going beyond our comfort zone and following God's leading, whether it's across the street or around the world. Amen. Thanks, lady. The Lord. that center? Yeah, usually I'm sitting there telling, okay, this way or that way. So now you get me. Thank you, ladies. That's why we go. That's why we do. That's why we give. I want to take you back to Philippians chapter 4, and we read it last week, uh, 419, and it's got to be one of the greatest verses in the whole Bible, but I want to talk to you real quickly, because I don't have a lot of minutes, um, uh, about, uh, about it in context, okay? So open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, but I want you to pick up in verse 10 and see what it says. Verse 10 uh, through 20 says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have to, the chance to help me. Not that I, have ever, uh, that I was ever in need, for I learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength." Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to, from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica and sent help, uh, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At, at the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you send me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Father God, we pray in the next few moments we'll get it. <laughs> we'll get what you have to say to us regarding missions. As we start this missions month, Lord, may this be the greatest uh, missions month we've had uh, ever, Lord Jesus, because there's a world out there that needs you, and we'll put our trust in you, Lord Jesus. Now, may your anointing be upon me at this time, I pray in the name of Jesus, amen.
So we looked at 419 last week, and I want to ask you this question. Is this promise for every believer, or is it a promise only for certain believers? I want you to look at verse 15 in particular, because I think the answer is right there. Verse 15. It says, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. No other church did this. I believe that verse 15, you know, there's, there were a lot of churches that knew about Paul's missionary journey, a lot of them, but only one helped him along. Only one was there to support him. And Paul is writing to the, this church in Philippi and saying all these promises were to the one who did the work of missionary support. Do you see that? According to verse 15, there are a lot of churches, but only one did it. Therefore, if you and I want to meet all of our, God to meet all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, then we might have to want to pattern our lives after the Philippian church. Don't you think? Amen. So what was it that the Philippian church did? The answer could, be, uh, could only be that it was a great missions-giving church. As a matter of fact, they were the only ones. <laughs> you see, back then it was easy to know if a church was a missions-giving church or not since the Apostle Paul was really the only and the first missionary. Right? At this moment in time, he's the only missionary out there. Since the Apostle Paul was the only missionary, those churches that supported this missionary were the missions-giving churches. One, Philippians. God will only meet the needs of those Christians who are meeting needs. I'll say it again. God will meet the needs of Christians who are meeting needs. In other words, God only gives us what, we, what he can flow through us. Does that make sense? Yes. I want to share real quickly five things, five qualities of great missions-giving church with you today. Great missions-giving churches have a concern for others. Did you hear that? Have a concern for others. Uh, verse 10 says it uh, this way. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I, have, I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. You, you can, you can uh, I mean, I, I never... You can't have a, a, a missions-giving church if you don't have concern for others. You'll never achieve, you'll never be that missions-minded church if you don't have a concern for others. If we as a church do not have a concern for others, we will find ourselves overlooking every opportunity that, that, uh, to show concern for others. 
But we have risen in times past. But have you ever gone to a store, a marketplace, and you see people outside with their little cans or little boxes selling stuff? And you know there's a lot of times where that happens, right? And then you go in and maybe you don't give right away or you don't give at all. And you kind of know what those people represent. And you say, I'm not giving to that. And you go in and what happens? You work it through your mind and when you come out of the store you almost don't see them even though they're still there right why because they're people who have needs I'm not saying give to all those people I'm just saying that if you're not concerned about them and their cause you won't see them we have the greatest cause in the world his name is Jesus and people need Jesus amen so we better see the causes that they're presenting themselves because uh, we don't want to be blind when we come out the store, so to speak. We do not uh, see, uh, uh, there have always been Christians and there have always been churches that have had no concern for others. Uh, I have been part of the missions team for the network for some time now and, and I get the report of churches from the regions. And I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm shocked I got the report just this week from our region alone, and there were over eight churches that gave absolutely nothing in our region to missions in 2019. Eight churches in what would be predominantly the, the, the people who work better jobs in our region, because they're closer to L.A., get higher-paying jobs, their churches do not give, eight churches don't give a thing to missions. Is God going to meet their needs? I don't think so. What was God, Jesus concerned about? In Luke's gospel, chapter 19, verse 20, it says this. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. He's concerned about your neighbor. He's concerned about your family. He's concerned about the, the, the lady from... Uh, what Cheryl said, you know, the, the, the connect the dots kind of lady. He's concerned. He's concerned that they find him. Just like the churches that we alluded to in verse 15, where we as Christians and we as churches can lose that concern for others. From time to time, we need a renewal, don't we? That's why we go on missions trip, because we need a renewal. We need to see it firsthand. We need to hear the heartbeat of the, of the Father and the heartbeat of our missionary as we go and, and see what's going on and what's happening. We need to get involved. Uh, the best place to start that renewal is by getting involved in missions. When we as Christians, are, 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 when we as Christians or, or as a church do not take the opportunity to support missions, uh, what I believe the Lord is saying to us is that we, we need to have a concern for those who are lost. Here's the second thing. A great missionary church finds their contentment in the Lord. Did you hear that? Look at verse 11. Not that I, have ever, uh, I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing, or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, 
It is with a full stomach or empty stomach, empty with plenty or little. And that leads to, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Hallelujah. We are not going to give to missions unless we have found our contentment in the Lord. The discontented Christians or discontented churches never become missions givers. It's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about what's happening right here. I don't want to give. We can't fix things here, do things right here. You and I will always have needs. How many know that? There will always be something we need. This church will always have needs, but God does not limit participation in missions to those Christians or those churches who do not have needs. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you, if you have needs, give to missions and see if our God shall not supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? Those kinds of churches and those kinds of Christians do not exist. We all have needs. We call Christians who do not have needs, you know what we call them? Absent from the body and present with the Lord. Because we all have needs. Everybody has needs, right? When it comes to supporting missions, it's never an issue of need, but an issue of contentment. Are we content with who we have in the Lord and what we have in the Lord? Why have many Christians and why have many churches never given to missions? They have not yet learned how to be content in the Lord, the secret of contentment. Contentment is never about the happening on the outside of us, but it is about what's happening on the inside of us. It's enough for us to have the Lord because with the Lord, we can overcome everything. Verses 13, verse 13 for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Because I've got him inside. Amen? The apostles Paul said that it, it, what, what it is to be in, in need. And, and he knew, he knew, he knew what it had meant to have plenty. And he knew what it, when he had nothing. And he was content in both situations. You say, sure, I can be content when I got everything taken care of. And then you say, but I'm not so sure when I don't have anything. My friends, when you have Jesus, you have everything. Amen? Amen. Compared to the vast majority of the world, every one of us today has plenty. Has plenty. If we were to wait until we had plenty to become a great missions-giving church, we would never begin because there will always be needs. There will always be needs. A great missionary church, number three, stay committed to the cause of missions. Stay committed. Look at 14. It says, even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. No other church did this. When is the best time to give to missions? The best time to start giving to missions is in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel. 
New believers, start right away. Old believers, keep on giving. In between believers, you can keep on giving. Amen? You know, we started with our children. Think about it. Think about it. Yes, we start them off with, you know, $2,200, but you know what? Last year they gave $11,000. How did they do that? How did they accomplish that? Every month, those little barrels come and they dump them in the, the big bucket upstairs in, in, the, in, the, in the children's church. We gave them $1,500, $1,600, they made all the difference. We start them when they're young. We ingrain, in this church, we start them when they're babies. The DNA of this church is missions. Amen? We start them when they're young. We start them when they're first saved. The, the, these verses imply that the, the, the longer a Christian waits, the less likely they will get involved. You know, these churches were just first established, and they're concerned about, uh, let's, uh, well, they didn't have electricity, but let's get a building, let's get benches, let's, you know, what are we going to do to have our church? And, and, and it simply says this, you Philippians were the only one. No other church did this. They were too concerned about their local stuff. They didn't get involved. The fourth thing, I must hurry up. Uh, missions giving churches have credit with the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17. I don't say this because I want to, a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Churches that have credit with the Lord are churches that participate in missions. They're giving to missions. They're going on missions. They're, they have a heart for missions. Do you hear that? Do you see that? If you do that, God, you, you have credit with the Lord because you have a concern for what's at the, his very heart. Why do we want you to participate in reaching the lost? So we have good gifts? No, it's so that you can have credit with God. Because you're not going on, oh, the, what the church did when you get to heaven. The Lord's not going to say, oh, you went to Life Center Church, so cha-ching, you get in. He's going to say, what did you do? Let's see if you got credit up here with me. You hear what I'm saying? Every one of us has an account with God. Every church has an account with God. When we get credit, what do we get credit for? Fragrant offerings unto the Lord. Fragrant offerings. What are those? Offerings that lead to people's salvations, people's healings, people's restorations. Acceptable sacrifices. 
sacrifices that are, 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 that are acceptable. You, all through the Old Testament, you saw the practices where they gave acceptable uh, sacrifices, and you saw some that didn't cost them very much. We can go back to Cain and Abel and, and just what it was practical, that what was acceptable. Oh, I got five bucks. Here's, here's, here's for the missions offering. And you know you got more than that. But I got five bucks. I won't write a check. An acceptable offering. And then, lastly, everything that is pleasing to God. And here's the fifth one. These churches, they exist to glorify God. That's the bottom line. Verse 20, now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. How do we bring glory, glory to the God? There are many ways we bring glory to God, but let me just mention a few. We bring glory to God when we are the salt and light in the world, Matthew 5. When, when, when we live a life that's, that brings others to him, when we're the salt, maybe it gets a little, we rub people the wrong way sometimes, but we bring them and point them to Jesus. Salt is about who we are. Uh, uh, salt is our character. It's our character. What is your character outside of this church? In the presence of other Christians, you can be, oh, I'm a wonderful person, you know, praise God, but what's your character out there in the marketplace? The most important thing we are, or we have to work on, is our character. Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if, if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Light, light, light is more about what we do. Light is our conduct. Salt is our character, light is our conduct. In, in Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Your conduct. Of all the good deeds we should do, I wonder what is the best. The best of all the good deeds must be the one that brings the most praise to the Father. Doing something to reach the lost just might be the best deed we could ever do. Don't you think? Whether we're giving or going or doing. So let me conclude. I got a few minutes here. I'll conclude. I could just as easily have called the sermon Why God Blesses Some Churches and Not Others. Since church, the church is always people and never the building, let's take this little short Survey. Ask yourself, am I concerned for others? Secondly, do you find contentment only in the Lord? Thirdly, do I demonstrate contentment, uh, a commitment to missions? And third, fourthly, do I have credit with the Lord? And fourth, do I exist to glorify him? As we focus on missions through this month, I want to challenge you to hear what the Lord is saying to his church.
Remember, the church is not the building. The church is his people. We are running out of time. We need to tell the whole world about Jesus. Are you willing to do your part in this end time push for the souls of the people that you love and care about, as well as for those who you'll only meet when you get to heaven? Do you have a heartbeat for that? Be in prayer. Be in prayer this month. Don't come the last month and say, oh, I'll just put the same thing I've always put in that, 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 that faith promise. You've either received it already or you're going to receive it in just a few days as with a letter with me, from me. Let's be willing to do what Father God would have us to do. Amen? Will God bless us? Will he bless his church? Our missions giving is the key. I really believe that. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we pause to say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for all that you've done for us, oh Lord. But most of all, thank you for giving us a reason to celebrate and a reason to reach out to others who just need a Savior. To reach out to those who are lost and dying. But God, we got to find our contentment in you. We got to find that everything's a-okay with us and you. So Lord, as we pause now for communion, we're going to start right there. We're going to start with our dedication to you our consecration to you. Bottom line is, how much do we really love you, Lord? Help us. Help us. And forgive us if, like the song says, if we just sang another song, just to sing another song. Or if we, done, if we did things that were just doing and not really all about you. Help us to get our hearts right in tune with you. Syncopated with what the Spirit has to say to his church and to the world. Prepare us now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.